Husbands, I think you will appreciate this, but a few weeks ago, I found myself in an unexpected, crucial conversation. The phone rang, and it was my lovely wife. And she says, Clarence, I was in an accident. And so, crucial conversations, right? Because the responses from here becomes critical. I said, are you okay? She says, I am, but the car is dented. And I said, is everybody okay? She says, yes, everybody's okay, but the lady's car is, the bumper is all messed up. I had a busy, busy afternoon, so I said, do you want me to come? She said, no, it's okay, I'll take the car to the repair shop. Crucial conversation, right? I said, you know what? I'm going to come. <laughs> Amen. And so I went to the, you know, followed the directions, and I got there. And while we were talking, while I was driving, I called her back. I said, what happened? She says, well, I was getting ready to go through the intersection, and the light was green, but probably just turned yellow. And this lady, she was from visiting from Germany, and she wanted to be extra careful, and she stopped in the middle of it all. And at the same time, my phone rang, and I looked down, and by the time I looked up, boom, I couldn't stop. But I got there, and Robin and this lady from Germany you would think that they were best friends, right? Great conversations when she, she says, she introduced me, here's my new best friend, and she gave me a big hug. And I remember that the Lord will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. The enemy, up, the, the enemy down there, right? The Lord will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And so we went and we took the car to the repair place. And when we got to the repair place, the lady was so sweet. I don't, I don't think we've been treated better as customers before. And she says, you know what? You okay? Everybody's okay? We're going to take care of it. Don't worry about it. She called me about five times, updates and so forth. But what was most amazing is we went to pick up the car, I guess, sometime this week. Or last week it was. This week. And the car that was then bruised and dented looked like brand new. God will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. But you know, more so than the God than, than how God could fix up a car that was bruised and dented is what he can do for us. He can take our dents and our mishaps, amen, if we're just faithful and obedient and make it brand new. So I know when Robin and the choir sings today that the Lord is blessing us as the deacons wait for us for the morning tithes and offering. I know that they know what they're singing about this morning. Can I get a witness?
tells us that in this world we shall have tribulations. But if you want to say the Lord is blessing you right now, and won't you just stand with me as a witness that the Lord is blessing you right now in spite of it all. Deacons, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Lord says, bring it in. And he says, I'll open up the windows. Pour you out a blessing. So much so that you won't have room enough to receive it. Father, we stand now just in witness that you are blessing us. You continue to bless us, and we just simply want to say thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We Amen. Please be seated. Happy Sabbath. Before we do this, I want to again welcome those who just, of our visitors who just came in. Um, also, I see uh, Junior Smith here, um, uh, the wonderful, one of the wonderful sons of um, Sister Sandra Anita Hall. I see you with your whole family. Uh, welcome back, sir. And Brother Smith, I see you're very happy today. Have the whole family. Awesome. And if any other visitor you just came in, we're glad to have you here at Abundant Life as we celebrate our reunion here all day, all night, and tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So we want you to partake and have a good time with that. And now, as we transition into the radio phase of our program, we want to also welcome our KKVV listeners from the Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church located at 1720 North J Street. Today, as we celebrate our reunion here at Abundant Life, we're happy to have you, and we have a feast here for you as well. So we hope that you may grab your Bibles as we study and partake of the Word together. Our speaker today is no stranger to us here at Abundant Life. He is no other than Pastor Wayne O'Bannon. He has preached in the Philippines, in Africa, as an evangelist, and now he's also continuing his studies at Oakwood University. We are very happy for him, and also, last but not least to say about him, he is still married to one woman and happily married at that, and we are happy for him, has two lovely children, and he's very proud. They are very proud of their children. 
So before he comes to share the word with us, we will hear from our mass choir as they prepare our hearts for the word. Then we will hear from Pastor Wayne O'Bannon. Hear ye him.
Before I begin, for our visitors, uh, our senior pastor isn't here, but the one in charge of the house is. Amen. Sister Rock, will you stand? I just, want, I just want our folk to recognize you. That's our senior pastor's wife. We want to recognize her. I will probably live to regret that. But praise the Lord. I'd like to say good morning, family. Welcome and happy Sabbath. We want to welcome all of our visitors, our guests, our friends, our KKVV listeners. God is good, isn't he? All the time, God is good. In spite of all the terrible things that are going on in this world, God is a good God. As we fellowship today, we want to remember our troops and the families of those who have loved ones in the battlefield. Not only in the physical battlefield of warfare, but in the spiritual battlefield. They also need our prayers. We want to continue to have freedom of religion. But prophecy tells us one day soon we will not be able to meet like we're meeting today. And we have to prepare ourselves, brothers and sisters, by studying God's word. Let's bow in prayer. Father God, in Jesus' name, Lord, take this vessel 
and use it to thy name's honor and glory. Lord, let me not be seen, but let your words be heard. Father, as I preach and teach, I also listen. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this is family reunion weekend, and, and I remember at my family reunions, we always did little activities. You know, tomorrow at the picnic, we'll probably do a lot of activities. But I want to do a little quick activity, and I need some people who can think fast. I need five volunteers, and I need at least one of them to be one of my visitors. Five volunteers that want to go to heaven. Come on up here right now. Five volunteers that want to go to heaven right now. I got five tickets to heaven. One, two, three, four, five. Everybody else is, is short. Too late. That's going to happen to some folk. Jesus is going to be coming. They're going to say, oh, yeah, he's going to be there. He'll be there when I get there. Now, what I need you all to do, take your ticket. Oh, I can use one more. One more. All right. There, she got up fast. I got one already. These are your tickets to heaven. But the only way you're going to be able to get to heaven is to show me heaven. Inside your envelope are letters. I want you to take two minutes to spell heaven while I continue to talk. And, and you can't go to heaven without it. Now, brothers and sisters, in this life, all we want to do, our main goal is to get to heaven. No matter what it takes. And if all of us, if we all want to go, we have to, get, we have to do what it takes to get there. And it takes a different, different types of things. Anybody ready to go yet? You, you, you ready to go to heaven? H-E-A-V-E-N? Put it, in, put it in your ticket. Give it to me. Thank you very much. She's on her way. Wait, wait, wait. What's that? No, you can't go with no extra now. I need H-E-A-V-E-N. That's all I need. Well, what happened to the other letter? I, I know, but what are you going to do with the extra? Thank you. H-E-A-V-E-N. Come on, I got one person going to heaven. You, you, you can go to heaven. You're on your way. All right, put it in your envelope. Give me heaven. H-E-A-V-E-N. Put it in your envelope. You got H-E-A-V-E-N? Put it in your envelope. I need it in your envelope. I'm one of those conductors that don't take your tickets all messed up. I need it in your envelope. All right. Got your ticket. Got your ticket. I got four people going to heaven. I got five. I have one more. Thank you all very much. Let's give them a hearty amen. In that little exercise, what did it take for them to get to heaven? You got to work together. If you try to go to heaven on your own, guess what? You're not going. You won't be going. You have to work together. We have to work together. I like that little exercise. It's a lot of fun. Last night, 
we started this family reunion off with uh, a celebration here at the Abundant Life Church. And we had our brothers and sisters, our family from the New Life Church. Amen? Amen. How many of you were here last night? Didn't we have a Holy Ghost good time? Yes, we did. And we're going to continue in that vein. Brothers and sisters, we have to realize that when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't just die for a church. He didn't just die for a culture of people. He died for this entire world. And the gift of salvation is for everyone who will accept it. So we're not a little club. We're not a little clique. I said, we're not a little club. We're not a little clique. We are soldiers in the army of God. Last night, again, we had a wonderful time. We had a wonderful time fellowshipping with one another, our brothers and sisters, my colleague and, and friend, Pastor Donald McLeod, brought a powerful message, a powerful message. He talked a little bit about the prodigal son, and I, and I, I just want to, you know, go, go, go back over that a little bit. You know, we, we, we talked a little bit after the, uh, after the meeting, and he just couldn't say enough about our brother Eric Morris and, and sister Doretha who are our family life leaders. And let's give them a hearty amen. Are they, where, oh, there he is. He, he's all dressed up now. I can tell. He, yeah, Brother Morris, he, he, he couldn't, he didn't have a, he said so much about you, I can't even tell you. Your head would get big. But we thank him for inviting Pastor McLeod to come and speak. They, they work together and he's, he's, he's honored to, to, he was honored to be here. But you know, brothers and sisters, the message came from the book of Luke. And if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 15. Because I just want to recap a little bit. That's not my sermon. I just want to recap on his sermon for those of you who didn't make it last night. We should have been this full last night. But in Luke chapter 15, he used three texts, verses 22 through 24. And this is the, the story of the prodigal son. I'm sure all of us know it. After the prodigal son had spent all his time, spent all his money, lost all his friends, he came to his senses. And he decided that I would be better off as a servant in my father's house than in this mess that I'm in. So he decided to go home. And what happened, brothers and sisters? As he was coming down the road, his father saw him afar off. And the father said to the servants, go, get the best robe, bring it and put it on my son. Now, brothers and sisters, that, that has a story in itself. Because the father didn't say, well, wait till my son gets cleaned up. I said, the father didn't say, wait till my son get cleaned up, wait till he gets here, wait till I talk to him and make sure he's still on the right path. A lot of times we want to put conditions on coming to Jesus. You know, somebody says, I love the Lord. I heard the message and I want to come to the Lord. We say, well, you have to go through this, this, this. My Bible tells me that Jesus says, let him come. Whosoever will, come as you are. Now, don't stay as you are. Now, now, now that's, that's the worst thing. 
come into the presence of the Lord and still bring your baggage? No. There comes a time for us to remove ourselves from our wrongdoing, from our wicked ways. But we can't do that by ourselves. I've had many a friend say, well, I'll come to church when I stop smoking, when I stop drinking, when I stop having fun with the ladies. You can't stop on your own. And if you try, if you continue to try, you will remain out there because the enemy will keep you out there. Soon as you get through with that one girl and say, okay, I'm fine now, I'm going to church, he'll put this fine woman in your face. And you'll say, oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> what up, Doc Ellis? Good to see you. The devil works that way, brothers and sisters. So the only way for you to remove those things out of your life is come to the foot of the cross. And the foot of the cross is in God's house. So for me to tell you, well, you have to take this off, stop eating this, stop doing this, stop doing this before you can come to Jesus, is not my place. It is not my place. And I don't want to stand in the way of God when somebody wants to come to him. But the story goes on. They put the robe on him. They put the ring on him. He gets, he gets shoes. And they kill the fatted calf. They begin to eat well. And that's a good story. But there's another side of that story that we're going to talk about today. And that's the elder brother side of that story. The elder brother comes out from working in the field, working in the vineyard. And he hears all this commotion. He hears all this celebration. And he asks the servant, what's going on? And the servant says, your brother who was lost is now back. He's here. Your father has put on the robe, has killed the fatted calf. We're celebrating his return. Was that elder brother happy? No. Brothers and sisters, you better get your happy faces ready. Because as time winds down, individuals are going to come through that door excited about the Lord that are not going to look the way you think they should look, not going to smell the way you think they should smell, and not going to act the way you think they should act. And it is your responsibility to be the example before them of Jesus Christ. You know, I got to tell you, this... this this family reunion thing started for me back all the way on Wednesday, Russ, when, when we were talking uh, about steps to Christ. And, and we were using, chap we were looking at chapter 2. And that chapter is entitled, The Sinner's Need of Christ. See, a lot of us are living our lives not realizing that we need Jesus. We think that we can dress the right way, eat the right thing. Go to church on the right day and not have Jesus. Not going to happen. Will not happen. Servant of the Lord says in Steps to Christ, the heart of God yearns over his earthly children with a love stronger than death. In living and in giving up his son, he has poured out to us all heaven in one gift. We don't need anything else but Jesus. Then further, she says, and on the other hand, and God, God, God makes it so clear. On the other hand, God pronounced against sin the inevitable retribution and degradation of our character and the final destruction 
is presented in God's word to warn us against service to Satan. God hates sin, but he loves sinners. But for some reason, you and I hate sinners, but we love sin. I'm glad God's way is not my way. You and I, brothers and sisters, have a robe waiting for us. Song says, I got a robe, you got a robe, all God's children got robes. When we get to heaven, we're going to put on our robes and we're going to walk all over our God's heaven. Now, do we deserve the robe? No. Have we done good enough to earn the robe? No. It is only by the blood of Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection that we are worthy to be called children of God. I've entitled my message today, Good But Without Love. You see, the, the, the elder brother was doing all the right things. Father said, go in the field and work. And he went in the field and work. He was doing all the right things, but he didn't have love. And some of you sitting right here, doing all the right things, saying all the right words. Looking just the right way, but you don't have no love. And the word tells that when Jesus comes and you try to use all the good things that you did to get into heaven. Lord, I, I baptized in your name. I preached in your name. I gave Bible studies in your name. I quit eating meat in your name. I stopped wearing my other stuff in your name. And God's going to ask, well, how did you treat your brother? Oh, Lord, they didn't matter. They didn't matter. I did all these things in your name, brothers and sisters. You matter to me, and I matter to you. The Bible says if you see your brother in a fault, go to him. Not to tell him, man, you've been doing the wrong thing. You know you're going to go to hell if you don't act right. That's not what the Lord wants us to do. Go to your brother in love. You want him, you want her to be saved just like you want to be saved. So go to them in love and say, my brother, my sister, God loves you. Jesus died for you. Don't you want to go to heaven? I don't know anybody that I've ever asked if they want to go to heaven says no. But some people said no. I mean, some people said yes, but meant no because they didn't want to do what it takes. And that's working for the enemy. When you're in service for the enemy in God's house, that's not a good thing. Someone comes and they love the Lord and they want to be with the Lord. And you say, well, oh, young lady, your, your, your dress is four inches above your knee. That's not. If that's a problem for you, then. Get, go into your pocket and go and buy her a dress. There's a shaking going on, brothers and sisters. A shaking in the church and an awakening in the world. 
There are people in the church that, that think that everything should be. And the Holy Spirit tries to come in and say, no, 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 no. It's going to disrupt the, the flow of things. But my Bible tells me that the Holy Spirit, the comforter that Jesus prayed God to sin, will come to lead us and guide us into all truth. It didn't say nothing about a pastor. I can't lead you and guide you in all truth. I got to show you the word. If, if I'm trying to get you to heaven without the word, I guarantee you neither one of us is going. God wants you to be in his word. In season and out of season. Think about it now. I want you to think about this. No matter how young or old you are, all the sermons you've heard in your lifetime. If you're young, you may have only heard a few. If you're older, you've heard a whole bunch. How many of those, servant, how many of those sermons caused a change in your life? Think about it. Have you become a better Christian because of the sermons that you've heard? Have you changed some of those bad habits to good habits over some of the sermons that you've heard? Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 6. As good as we have become. Somebody move my bag. As good as we have become. Thank you. Scripture says all are good. It says filthy rags. How'd you like to wash your face with this face cloth? Or, or, or maybe have this napkin. I'll get that phone later. Maybe have this napkin when you sit down and eat. All our good is as filthy rags. So what that tells me, I cannot be good enough to make it to heaven. I need Jesus. I need the love of Jesus in my life. All our righteousness is as filthy rags. All our right doing. We can't earn salvation. No matter how much meat we don't eat, how well we dress, how many Sabbaths we make a year, has nothing to do with salvation, brothers and sisters. Salvation is in Jesus Christ. Now, when you have Jesus Christ, you will eat right, you will dress right, you will be in church on the right day at the right time. But like Paul, many of us say, as he says in Romans 7, 19, for the good that I would do, I do not. But the evil that I would not do, that I do. Brothers and sisters, we need God's love in our lives. Our commission, Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Teaching them the things that I have taught you and commanded you. God wants us to spread this good news. But how can we go and spread the good news if we have God's law and don't have God's love. 
Turn to Matthew chapter 17, pardon me, Matthew chapter 5. Make that Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, pardon me. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Can you see this? Can you see those little, those little splinters in there? Some people find it easier to see these little splinters in their brother's and sister's eye, but have a hard time seeing one of these in their own eye. Now, how is that possible? I tell you, brothers and sisters, we have to be about our father's business like Jesus was. And we have to love our brothers and sisters. Let's stop passing judgment on our brothers and sisters. Based on the color of their skin, based on their education, based on what church they go to, what age they are, their past mistakes. You know, some people are going to make it to heaven having made mistakes, ask God to forgive them, be forgiven, and you still holding that mistake against them are going to be left on this earth. God wants us to have his love, not our love, his love. We must change. We must love one another. Stop judging. Paul admonishes us as far as possible, live peaceably with one another. Let brotherly love continue. We, we, we say that, that individuals, when they, when they come into our church, that if, if they saw the love of Jesus, they would want to stay. But people come in one door and go out another. Why? Not because of the word. The word is pure. The word is true. But it's because of you and I. We're not showing them the love. We're not showing them that they're welcome here. Because sometimes we think this is our house. <laughs> this is not our house. This is God's house. And God has a way to explain messages to individuals for them to hear it. 
Now, there are times, and I'm sure you, you have done this with individuals, with your children, with your family, whatever. You preach the truth to them. You go to your mother, you go to your sister and say, the Bible says such and such. But guess what? They're not hearing you. But if this brother goes with the spirit of God in his heart, the spirit is the thing that convicts and converts. I don't want you to stop doing anything because I told you to. I want the Holy Spirit to take it away from you. And when the spirit takes it away, it's gone. The devil may want to bring it up to you. He may show it to you. He may put it in your face and you say, get thee behind me, Satan. But if I tell you to do it and you do it because Pastor O'Bannon says and the devil brings it up, you just say, well, Pastor O'Bannon's not looking so out. But the spirit, when the spirit removes it, it's gone. And if you have something in your life, if you have a vice in your life right now, ask God to remove it. Now, you can come to us. You can come to the pastors and say, I need prayer. I need help. But ultimately, the removal comes from God. Love one another. God gave Moses ten commandments. And those commandments are still in place today. Don't be fooled. Don't be misled to think that they were nailed to the cross. God's word is from beginning to end. And you know the end is everlasting life. So God's word will continue on and on. His first four commandments are how we should treat him, how we should respect him, how we should love him. And the last six is how we should treat one another. And within those six, don't, just, don't, don't get it twisted. Just say, well... Okay, honor thy father and mother, don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery. No, it goes deeper than that. We have to at some point bear our brother's burdens. I may know something about my brother. It's not up to me to tell all of you all. It's up to me to get with him, to pray with him, to ask the Lord to work with us that he may get over this thing. But we tend to want to let everybody know what we know. I saw Brother Yancey over here. Charles, are you here somewhere? Oh, good. Don't tell him. Don't tell him I said that. No. That's just one of us. My boy. That's my boy. But we tend to want to let people know what we know so that we can look all that in a bag of chips. But God says we should bear one another's burdens. No matter what we know, protect your brother's character. You know, I'm not one to just preach to be preaching. I believe that when you stand in this desk, you should make a difference in the lives of individuals. Some preachers preach just to be preaching. But there comes a time when the Spirit of God needs to move on the message. So the message, when, the, when it's heard, it changes people. It changes their lives. And I want God to do that for you today. The world was lost. We were separated from God, but Jesus died to reclaim us to his Father. Not to himself. 
to his father. Jesus loved the father so much he was willing to give his life to reclaim all who wanted to be back in the bosom of the father. See, God loves us all. In, 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 in creation, he created Adam and Eve perfect. And he knew that mankind was going to be on this earth. And if, if he had his will and his way in our lives, everybody would be saved. But he's not going to force you. He's going to give you a choice. And that choice is to obey or not obey. He says, I would that you would be hot or cold. Don't play with me. I don't want you lukewarm. And it's time, brothers and sisters, for us to get on fire for God. Because as time winds up, those who are on fire will receive an extra outpouring of the Holy Ghost to give them strength, to give them power, to go boldly in places where other folk won't go. Some of you are going to stand before judgment seats. Just stand before judges and and. and and people going to say, you say you're a Christian. Yeah. Prove it. Yeah. If you're accused of being a Christian, will there be enough evidence to accuse you? To convict you? Many have lost that first love. When you have the love of Jesus, you become colorblind. You don't see white people, black people, Asian people. No, you see your brothers and sisters in God. I'm looking forward to that day, brothers and sisters, when we're in glory. Now, we're beautiful, our multicolor, our multi-ethnicist. You know what I'm talking about. God sees the beauty in us. But you and I have to look at one another as brothers and sisters, as kings and queens. And when somebody pushes you, turns you the wrong way, we must realize who the real enemy is. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not against, it's not the brothers and sisters, it's the enemy. And when somebody comes to you all ugly, all sideways, you must realize that the enemy that's in them, you have a responsibility to try and love that enemy out of them. Yeah. Somebody roll up on you and say, hey, what you doing up? Give them a hug. How you doing? God loves you. So do I. Without fear. For it's better if it comes to it. It's better to lose your life for the sake of Jesus than to live and save your life and be lost for an eternity. With the love of Jesus, we know who our enemy is. When we love our brothers and sisters, that love must be unconditional. I said that love must be unconditional. If I do something nice for you, you don't owe me. It's, oh, Pastor Bennett did this for me, so I, whatever, he said, whatever he tells me to do, I better do it. That's the enemy, brothers and sisters. That's giving praise to the devil. If I love you and I do something for you, God, 
God is in that. And it's not me. It's him that's blessing you through me. And if he allows me to bless you, I'm being blessed too. We need to be in God's army. God's army of believers. God wants us to be a peculiar people. A peculiar people. Not weird. Not strange. But peculiar. In other words, we treat people differently when they treat us ugly. So how can you be so nice to that person? She talking about you? I love her anyway. I want her to be saved anyway. Because you see, brothers and sisters, we're not going to have any ugly folk in heaven. And I'm not talking about facial ugly. I'm talking about ugly attitudes. There's not going to be any ugly attitudes in heaven. If that were the case, we'd be in a living hell. But when we go to heaven, it's going to be nothing but joy. And you know what joy really is, right? Joy is Jesus first, then others, then you. That's when you have real joy. When you have Jesus and you and others, that don't spell nothing. That don't do nothing. But J-O-Y. Before you can be a blessing to others, you have to have Jesus. And before Jesus will bless you, he wants you to bless others. And then you will truly have joy. Even in your trials, even in your tribulation, you can count it all joy in Jesus' name. What are you willing to endure for Jesus? Is it that sister who was messing with your husband? She might be married to your husband. (laughs) Or that brother that might be married to your first wife. I'm glad I only have one. I can't imagine having two or three. Mm -mm. You know know those those places where they have, what do they call it? Polygamy. Whatever Whatever it is. These, 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 these religious gentlemen who, who, who misuse the word of God, who, who misinform people, who, who confuse people. And they can have four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten wives. I know Solomon had a rough time. Now, sometimes we look at the, at the story of Solomon, brothers, and we say, hey, Solomon had it going on. I don't think so. I know he was king. But I know he has some issues. But brothers and sisters, we have to love those individuals anyhow. Otherwise, we're not going to be saved. No matter what the circumstances was for you split up, it doesn't matter. If you have the love of God, God forgives. God sends your sins, as it were, to the depths of the sea. And one day soon, he's coming to take you home. He's coming to make everything right. And we don't have to worry about it. Someone shared with me this, this, this week uh, a little something on the internet. And some of you all probably, probably have seen it about Obama and the Illuminati's and uh, backmasking. And he says, yes, we can. And they play it backwards. It says, thank you, Satan. You know what, brothers and sisters? 
If we stay in God's word, we don't have to worry about the stuff that's going on. Because Jesus says, when he comes, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. And if you're on his side, nothing else matters. As we wind this thing up, as, as this world winds up, we're going to see some things that we have never seen before. There is a time of trouble coming that we have not even the imagination as to what's going to happen. But we have to be rooted and grounded in the word of God. And when it comes, the Lord will reveal it to us. He'll reveal to us the things that we have to do. God wants us to be that royal priesthood right now. Finally, brothers and sisters, God wants you to obey his word. Not because you have to, but because you want to. God wants you to live a righteous life, not because you have to, but because you want to. When Jesus walked this earth, he did the will of the Father because he wanted to. As a Seventh-day Adventist, you have a responsibility to spread the truth of God. Sister White is our prophetess. Other people are all talking about her, but she this, that, and the other. Understand, the spirit of prophecy is the lesser light. The word of God is the greater light. If somebody is coming to you with the lesser light and discounting the greater light, there's a problem. The word of God should be the foundation. Jesus is the word. Jesus as our example. He came to seek and save that which is lost. He hated sin and he still hates sin but he loves sinners. You and I brothers and sisters need to get away from what somebody did to you and say what can I do for you to help you to, to help us make it to glory together. Jesus paid it all and all to him we owe. And all he asks of you and I is to love others as he loves us. So I say to you, let the Spirit do the convicting and converting. And they will know we are Christians by our love. This family reunion weekend, learn to love one another. Learn to do good with love. And when we do good with love, the Lord will show us the way to go and the way to eternity. Amen? Now there may be someone here today who has not truly experienced real love.
Christian love, godly love, and you want Jesus to come into your heart in a loving manner. If there's anyone here today, I want to give you the opportunity to come down and say, Lord, I want to be a part of the household of faith. I want Jesus in my life. I want my ticket to be punched. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Is there anyone today? Anyone who wants to make their calling and election sure in Jesus' name? Now there may be someone out there today who says, yes, I know Jesus. He's in my life, but I'm still having trials and struggles and I need the comfort of the Holy Spirit. If that's you, I want you to stand. If you want the comfort of the Holy Spirit, if you want more power to endure the issues the enemy is bringing your way, I want you to repeat after me. Father, give me what I need to make it to glory. Father God, you've heard the request of the congregation. Lord, we ask that you will show us through your Holy Spirit how to do good with love. How to love in spite of those who still come at us the wrong way. Give us strength, Lord, to endure till the very end. For we know that if we endure till the end, we will have a crown of righteousness that no one can take away from us. Lord, through your Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us into all truth. Let your commandments be such a part of our life that we can quote it verbatim to anyone who asks. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for your shed blood on Calvary. And we thank you that our names can be blotted with the blood of Jesus. That when we get to heaven, we will be found worthy to enter in. We will be found worthy to be among the angels in glory. All because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for the blessing you bestowed upon us today. Lead and guide us as only you can. And bless us is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen, church. What a word, what a word, what a word. Is God good? He still love him? For inspiring Pastor O'Bannon to be so honest with us, so transparent, to speak what God gave to him. Praise the Lord.
Praise the Lord and praise the Lord. Now for our benediction, but before I do that, we do have lunch prepared. And I know some of you are going home, but we would want you to stay and fellowship with our visitors. We have a wonderful lunch prepared, and it's next door in the fellowship hall. We got lots. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Amen. And we do have a food drive. Uh, we're accepting canned goods outside for our food drive. And the container is in the uh, foyer. So you can see that on the way out if you brought something. Now for our benediction, please bow your heads. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. He destined us in love to be his sons and daughters through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he freely bestowed on us in Jesus. Father, we thank you for the word. May it be a seed, O God, in good soil. And bear much fruit, O God. Father, as we look forward to the baptism, Father, those who are being prepared... We ask that your Holy Spirit may continue to convict and to convert yes. Yes. so that, Lord, we may have a rejoicing in your courts. For, Father, we know that when one soul surrenders, heaven rejoices. So we leave here now transformed by your power and by your grace. For we thank you. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen.